Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Um, just quickly, um, this past Saturday, um, friends of ours, uh, Josh, Coach Madalena, uh, who I won the Narch Championship with from Brantford, Ontario, his wife, uh, Emily, suddenly passed away. Um, she was the mother to their two-year-old son, Leo. Um, they had moved to the Cayman Islands where Josh was working as an electrician and uh, he now has a lot to deal with, with his, uh, yeah, with his young son um, who's lost his mother. So for anyone out there who could please donate uh, to their GoFundMe page, I will put up a link. Um, to that and sorry for crying in the pod this time I am uh, <clears throat> but so far uh, Tim Moore and Josh's brother Jason have already raised over 31,000 for their family to help cover costs um, so thank you for everyone supporting this and I hope we can uh, raise some more um, okay I'm gonna stop crying now try and move on um, on uh, on a different note, uh, the Hendo episode, um, yeah, I erased it. I overrode it by accident. Um, I didn't mean to. And um, Hendo and I tried to recreate it. We tried to do it again. Um, we had an hour and a half of gold um, that we'll never get back. Um, but he is now not allowed on the podcast until he is actually happy to talk to me again. Um, because when we tried to recreate it, the magic just wasn't there anymore. Um, so anyways, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. And uh, if you could please donate to Josh um, and Leo, that would be great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a two-time Kelly Cup champion with the Cincinnati Cyclones, a CHA champion and player of the year with the Niagara Purple Eagles, and a one-time Sutherland Cup champion with yours truly and Cherry Cup champion with the Elmira Sugar Kings. The captain of the Niagara Purple Eagles and Cincinnati Cyclones. He was on the ECHL All-Decade team, if that's really that good of a thing. Um, and he did all that when he was born with a club foot. Welcome to the podcast, Barrett Eggets. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. 
Hey, it's this is awesome, man. We uh, don't get to see each other very often anymore, but uh, through high school and uh, college, there was a lot of competing with one another. Uh, but I guess it's been since uh, I guess now I live in Concord, Ontario, where you are from. And uh, I saw you at the 2018 Old Boys reunion. What a time that was. Uh, yeah, we can remember it, right? Uh, yeah, that was a pretty wild weekend. That would have been your first one, right? Um, actually, I like because I had the cottage up here, so I was always coming up here. But uh, the last one, because it's every 10 years, right? Um, yeah. The one in 08, I had to go back to Germany july 1st and i had to miss it to run around a track in germany in the middle of the summer yeah so no it was my first one i really got to enjoy yeah it was quite the experience so yeah i would say 08 was more fun for me because that was i would have been 10 years younger and single and uh no kids nothing you know less responsibilities and have a little little bit more fun but uh we're at that perfect age for it well, why don't you explain to the listeners what, um, I guess, what the old boys reunion is and what a shirt tail parade is, because I think that was always the highlight of the event. Uh, okay, so the old boys, re- old boys and old girls reunion, this has gone on in Kincardin for um, like since like 1900, I would think. And it's every 10 years. And it's just uh, everyone who's kind of been around, been from town or lived there or whatever, friends or whatever, like come, comes back for the weekend. And it's a long weekend. I think the long weekend in August, I want to say, is when they always have it. And uh, it's kind of a Thursday to Monday, just a big party. The whole town kind of shuts down. Everybody lets loose and has a good time and kind of starts with a golf tournament on, uh, on Thursday at all the courses. And then we goes right through the weekend. Everyone, all, all kinds of different things are planned, but um, there's beer tents and bands and concerts all over town and different events and stuff. And, um, you know, I played in re- like a, a alumni or reunion uh, slow pitch game and, and different stuff like that. So, so kind of, I guess it is uh, on the Sunday night is the shirt tail parade, which is, uh, I don't know what the original, like, idea of a shirt tail parade was but i don't think it's what actually takes place the shirt tail parade is just kind of a free-for-all you just dress up in whatever you want so i've seen everything from like girls just wrapping saran wrap to uh you know the craziest things you can think of right it's like people literally like some of these costumes they must plan like months maybe years and i think i don't know come up with some pretty crazy ideas so um so like a lot of people, like we're talking like thousands of people. This is a town of what, like, what are like 6,000 people when I was growing up. And uh, you kind of like all start at one end of downtown and walk down the other end of downtown and then funnel down into the ballpark, uh, the baseball fields where it's just like a huge party till, you know, till the sun comes up pretty much. And everyone's kind of lying in the streets and uh, taking pictures and everyone's just kind of hooting and hollering and having a good time. And, guys you know like drinking beers and whatever the whole way and uh it's a blast so go to youtube and look up king carden reunion or king carden old boys reunion to watch some of these clips and um the kind of ends at the, at the baseball fields there's big bands down there big party uh everybody having a good time and you know 
I'm sure there's a couple of fights in there. It's a small town Canada, right? Happens along the way, but for the most part, everybody's just having a blast. Um, yeah, I always found it interesting because when I first moved to town, you know, you're so worried about what people think of you and who you meet and, you know, how you're perceived. And then you're a part of something like that. And you see people that you work with, you see the neighbor down the street and, Man, they are dressed a lot different than when everybody pulls out of the subdivision Monday to Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, people love it. They, you know, like, I don't know, like, there's no sense not going because I don't think you can sleep in town that night anyway. So you got to go and check it out. So, well, on top of that is, like, Kincardine is, uh, like, a Scottish town, a Scottish settlement originally. So every Saturday night during the summer is, like, the big scottish pipe man parade they shut down the main street and have it right it's a huge tourist thing and um tons of people go down there and watch them so so the pipe band leads the i don't think i knew this for you know for a couple of reunions but the actual the pipe band actually leads the shirt tail parade um i think i was so always somewhere in the back uh you know too far back to hear the bagpipes going but uh but it's pretty good so yeah if you get a chance look up the clips um it's a blast and if you ever get a chance to go don't miss it um yeah what a time those are um so i guess i could explain the backstory of how we know each other um you grew up in concordon and then uh came to elmira and we played together for the sugar kings for two years before you went to niagara uh, but now i live in concordon and now my son is growing up playing hockey where you grew up playing hockey so um i guess can you explain i guess i already mentioned where you're from but uh, how you got into hockey and uh maybe your minor hockey journey to elmira uh yeah sure so i mean just like you know like every kid every kid in Kingar, i mean hockey is kind of the only thing to do in the winter you can't really you can't go too far you can't do much else uh and uh you know if you're you know have any athletic ability at all like you're playing hockey right like all like everybody plays hockey that's all we did you played hockey and then you got home went to school you came home and you went and played road hockey or you went and played nhl 94 or whatever like kind of kind of consumed your life right and um you know, when we were younger, we actually like we had some, some like really, really good teams. Obviously, like Kincardine's a small town. Like there's there was no like Gray Bruce, you know, Highlanders AAA team. Like everybody, you know, like we were a, a, a B center and you played other little towns around there. And uh, but we had a ton of success. We had a lot of really good teams uh, and a lot of really good players uh, kind of came came through there. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that want to play junior hockey and, uh, and and higher as well. Right. So um i mean we won i mean three years in a row we won all ontario championships next couple of years lost in the finals and um you know had a blast and you know i think it was uh you know as as you and i have our own kids and you kind of get into get into that and you see it i think the parents you know we had a blast doing it and like remember going to tournaments and winning stuff and team parties and all the stuff that we did and all these games we played and uh, you know, I think the parents have, you know, just as much, if not more fun and, um, you know, it kind of consumes, you know, I'm, I'm getting this now, your kids consume your, your they take up all your time, they, they take over your life, all their activities, you don't really have time to have any of your, uh, any of your own friends or any of your own things, right? So, 
um, you know, my, my parents, their friends became the other, you know, they were the other parents on the hockey team, the other parents on the baseball team and uh, that type of stuff. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I love growing up there, small town. You kind of, you felt like you knew everybody, um, you know, and you just, you know, it, it was, it was a blast. You could get into a little bit of trouble, but not too much there. Um, well, we have very exciting news and, uh, it's perfect timing for a local podcast with, a, with a Concordan native is that the Concordan Canucks are back. Um, my phase three team two U nine we're <laughs> playing a game this Saturday against another Concordan team. And, uh, yeah, the kids are going to get back on the ice after the lockdown around here. So I just nice. wanted to say thanks to uh, Quiller and all the everybody else at Minor Hockey that uh, got this going for everybody because I think the kids need it. I need it. Um, and I'm really excited to get back on the ice with the kids. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being, you know, a younger kid and just sitting through, like, not being able to do that, like, not being able to play hockey this year. Like, you know, the outdoor rinks are great. and That's fun. Like, we did that too. But, like, it's not the same. You know, you want to play games, you want to be with your buddies, you want to, um, you know, you just want to like compete and have fun. Right. So to miss, like these kids are, they're basically missing an entire season. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's more important things going on, but uh, at that age, like nothing else mattered. All that mattered was like, all right, like let's get out of school on Friday because we're going to a tournament and wherever this weekend, like, um, you know, or who we're, you know, we're playing, who are we playing this weekend? And um you know, and, and that's kind of took over that consumed everything you did. Yeah. I know exactly what you were like as a kid. Cause I was the exact same way. It does completely consume you when you're, when you're like a, a hockey guy and you're as competitive as me and you were, cause I did have it even written down in my notes here. It's just when you did get to Almira, man, me and you battled in like everything we did. It didn't matter if we were playing crib, darts, euchre, like <laughs> by the end of it, like me and you were about to throw down because when, and it was obviously being athletic too, it was, you were the guy around that could actually beat me at ping pong or shuffleboard where <laughs> most of the other guys couldn't. So I me forgot and you had just, that ping pong table. We battled, we battled to the death back in our junior days. And then that Jeff and I and that in there, he would uh, be sweating so much playing ping pong, the body odor, my goodness. Like the whole basement would stink. Hey, eh? do you remember that? Yeah. He's something else. Uh, <laughs> I, I still can't figure that out. I guess the fact that he's a farmer kind of fits him now, but um, he's, 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 uh, he's one of a kind. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's, def uh, he's definitely one of a kind and that sense i tell you that was one of a kind too because i just i i'm i i'm not surprised he became what is he a pig farmer right uh yeah i think pigs are chickens i don't know but talk about uh talk about guys guys that are intense you know like was i two years in Elmira with him and three years in college with him and uh you know, he's an awesome goalie. He was like hyper competitive, like, but he did everything in life like that. Like we had a ping pong table in the room in, in college and like, he was, he, he thought he was the convener and setting up everything. I thought he was the best player. <laughs> like, everything like, just like, you know, like a fun day on the ice, just screwing around. Like, he's throwing elbows at guys and 
uh, but gotta love them. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember there were soccer games before we'd be like in the playoffs of the Sutherland Cup finals and we'd play soccer before a game. And he would get so you guys big. did, I did not, you guys did, right? But he I wasn't, ha- I wasn't having any part of that. He would get so into it that I remember him like body checking our cat, our one of our captains, Adam Hogg, into the uh, like a brick wall from behind just because he wanted to win the soccer game so bad before we were playing like the real hot, yeah, to warm up for hockey. He uh, the one game he uh, he like I don't know, like screwed up Dave Hardy's testicle. He couldn't, Dave Hardy couldn't play the game. Do you remember that? <laughs> he jumped up for a ball and he like he hit him in the nuts and he and Dave Hardy couldn't play. That was it. Um yeah, some of those soccer games really got out of hand. Um, <laughs> um I yeah we, we could were... you could do a whole podcast just on, just on Jeff Van Dynat stories. I absolutely know that, and uh, I guess that's uh we really skipped over um I guess your first championship and why. I think in life, when you win championships, because I've seen you've won a heck of a lot, is it changes your relationships with people through life because you didn't lose your last game. You won your last game, and it's a positive feeling at the end of the season, and everybody leaves in such a different spirit than when you lose. And, like, me and you have been friends now since, I don't know, like grade 9 or 10, and I think – people's relationships change from winning and like can you uh bring up any memories of winning in Elmira? because like i'm getting old and i don't have they're pretty well faded for me uh <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah i mean it's 20 years ago right um that we won but you know sure i, I you know and i i don't know i think i've got a really good memory of like just weird stuff like certain games a certain you know I can remember, you know, like games that we won or games we lost or how we lost them or who scored and um, not, not consistently every game, but just some stuff just sticks in my head. And, and, uh, and I don't know, but as much as like, you know, we had a great run and we won a championship that year. Like, I don't know, like they're obviously in any team that you have success with, like, you know, you have as, as good of memories, as much fun off the ice, it seems as you do on the ice. And uh, maybe it's because the season goes so damn long that you have to spend so much time with each other that kind of, kind of sticks in your head. But uh, so that, so if we go back, like I came to Elmira, I played a, I played a year of junior C in Kincartan. We had a really good team. Uh, first place in the league, won the league in the playoffs, uh, won a couple more rounds and lost in the Ontario finals uh, that year, which was the furthest. I mean, they've ever gone that far since or before that. Um, we had some great players. I was a fourth line. I was a fourth line center on that team. Um, played well, had some success in the playoffs, played a little more in the playoffs, but then fast forward it to, uh, you know, like four or five months later and I'm in Almire and, you know, like I was like on the second line, I'm like, I could barely stick in our junior C team lineup last year. Like, are we going to be any good this year? And uh, we went, I think it was our second game. We played in Stratford, Friday night, Stratford home opener. And places packed. Stratford always had a good team. And 
they were stacked. I think they only lost four or five games that year. I think they lost game seven in the Southern Cup final. So they had a stacked team. Um, and we lost 15 to two. And mind you, this is Milmeyer's share team that just come off back to back, like won the league two years in a row, lost in the Southern Cup finals the year before, one of the year before that. So used to winning, we go in there, we lost 15 to two. And it was literally like you get out, you sat down on the bench, you grab the water ball and the horn's going off. Like, you know, you set the water ball down, you slide down, the horn's going off. Like it was, it was like a peewee game, like a peewee mismatch where a team is just running up the score. Um, and we ended up like, you know, I think we finished third in the league that year. We actually had an okay team. And, uh, you know, it got better after that. I thought my second year there, we actually had a really, really good team. Um, and we ended up, same thing. We finished third, lost the second round playoffs, right? So then we go to our third year, and, um, or my third year, and we got a new coach, right? Sure did. <laughs> yeah yeah yep. <laughs> yeah sorry yeah sure did yeah uh, <laughs> I, he didn't last long correct uh we and, made a switch uh, there after a couple months so yeah um and we we we, we were bad we, we we had a ton of guys returning had a lot of good players like we were like thinking like this is our year right and uh i i never i never was he only time in my life like after like you know i don't know peewee hockey where a coach would just roll four lines the entire game like the entire game like oh you got a penalty kill well i don't know who's the next lineup that's who's killing the penalty oh we got a power play who's the next lineup that's who's going to the power play like we're like what's going on like this isn't this is like junior hockey like we're trying to win um you know two minutes minute left in the game pulling the goalie well you think you're going to put your best players out there? No, 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 no. Whoever's lines up next will just go out. I'm like, okay, well, we lost. <laughs> Shocker. Um, and we were good. We were like sixth or I bet sixth or seventh place in the league. A couple months in the season, right? And uh, and I don't know. Like, I, I, I think, well, I'll take a little bit of credit for it. I think I was kind of the person that pushed the hardest from the player standpoint anyways. I think we all felt it, but um, – I was an assistant captain of that team. Um, what I would say, especially like for me, I'm, I guess I'm what, uh, seven, 16 turning 17 that year, maybe. And yeah. when you think back in junior, if you get a coach, you're not gonna usually rock the boat. You're not going to say anything because if, if your coach doesn't like you, that can affect things. So that you had the cojones to do that really helped because uh, it got us a Sutherland Cup by the end of it. Yeah, I don't think that wasn't happening if things would have stayed as is, right? Um, I think we agree on that. But well, and I think kind of all when that all went down is kind of like when I right around like when I committed to going to Niagara, I knew that was my last year there. I wasn't, you know, and I think I was just, you know, like, as long as what all of us were, we were just fed up with the way things were going. Um, but I mean, there was some hilarious, there was some hilarious, that was a hilarious couple of months. Some of the stuff that went on in that team. Uh, and then we got, then we were good. Right. Um, had a good oh. run. And then uh, we, we still finished third. Like we, I felt like we were like way, a way better team. We still finished third. Um, and like, there was a deep, there was, there was a better need that year. Like there were, I, like we played Kitchener, I think in the first round 
and uh like it wasn't like a sweep like like i think it was like six games like we won an overtime in game six won in like six games the next series and then um but once we got rolling um finished out won the league and then i don't know this kind of all kind of blurs together when you get in a playoff run right like it's you go through what like three rounds of playoffs in your league then you go you know you play another month like it's it's like two and a half month run but it just kind of, you know, it kind of all blends together just because you're playing. Okay, one or two days off, playing again. Well, you don't have much downtime. You don't have a whole lot of time to kind of sit back and think about things, just moving on to the next game. Well, when you think back on that team, we we had a good team. Like, the career you put together, like, mine wasn't that bad. Lackner, Hogg, and then all the old boys that didn't quite make it out of Junior B, but they were all very good players. The Darren Fishers, Ian Fearman all those yep. guys like um we were a very good team and we were deep yeah we had a, yeah yeah we had good goaltending um for the most part um i remember so do you remember in uh so well i guess for those who know so jeff and i was our goalie our other goalie during the season was brock mcgillis right and errol carman who by the way so- said he's going to come on the podcast and he is the national goalie for team Turkey. Um, so th- yeah, there you go. You heard really? it here first. <laughs> yeah. He's coming on the podcast. The team Turkey goalie arrow is coming on. Uh, we haven't seen each other since junior B either. So there you go. Nice. Cause he was, he was Wellesley's goalie. Right. So Brock was done. Brock went over. So arrow was like our backup. Meanwhile, he was still playing for Wellesley. Like their season was still going on and they were still in the playoffs. I remember that one, but so, so some games he wasn't there. So who's that guy? You would know him. He was, uh, he was like the midget, maybe the midget, like not even the midget teams goalie, like the B midget B teams goalie. Dan regular. Was that guy? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah he's, he was the local league. Like, uh, so back in those yeah. days, right. So you had the winners of the three leagues and they played like a four game round Robin and then the top two would play the best of seven. So we're in that four game round Robin and uh, wasn't regular the backup that night. We got lit a thorough ran, ran the score. We lost like five, nothing or something. And in the, it had to have been in the second period. It was near the end of the second period. And uh, they made it like five, nothing or four, nothing. And, and Natten just set it off and he just, he threw us, he chucked his stick and he just skated off. Remember the old Elmira arena where you had the door behind the home team net. So he just, he gets scored on fourth or fifth time, tucks his stick, and then just skates straight to the dressing room. Doesn't doesn't come by the bench like he says like Hey, I'm out of here. Like or I'm not playing. I'm, you got to pull me. Just skates off, goes to the dressing room like he's done. And like the, everyone's looking like, Whoa, what's going on? So poor Dan Regula, who in the old Meyer rink, you don't you don't even sit on the bench. You sit in the stands with the fans, right? Throw that guy in for the third period. I'm pretty sure he played, or maybe we got Nat to come out in the third. I don't know. Yeah, your your memory is a little bit better than mine, but I did get his last name. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Nat says, like, what a beauty. I I would go to war with that guy anytime because, like you said, his competitive streak, man, like, like when me, you and him were playing ping pong in the basement, like, I think that really shapes people and kind of got me to where I was because, like, me and you battling through high school was exhausting. (laughs) Well, it's kind of, well, it's a healthy competition, you know, it's competitiveness. It's, um, you're always going to run into, 
butt heads with a little bit with people, you know, with people that are the, the same, but it's good. It brings out the best in people. So, um, so then what happened? So then, so then didn't, uh, wasn't John, didn't John Scott, didn't he play, he played for Thorold, didn't he? And, and Ken, we went, Ken Dunn fought him as about a 15 yeah. or 16 year old. Yeah. And Ken Dunner was like, he was, he was de- decently tall, but he was about 160, 150, 50, 560 pounds. Right. And uh, could barely even reach out to throw punches, but held his own, did pretty well. And we had to win that game to get into the in the final series, right? And I think in the final series, we were kind of up the whole time. We were up one nothing or two nothing, or and I think we won six games. Well, I think uh, Dunner's fight there, like you see it on hockey teams when sometimes it's the little guy fighting a big guy for somebody, or it's uh, a young guy like Dunner was fighting John Scott or. And a bad case for me was after we played you in the coast, when we played in the finals, we had a guy that was six, nine. You remember Lane Manson, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So a a guy on uh, Idaho kind of did the same thing. Right. And when a guy does that for your team, it kind of, it rallies everybody together. And I think Ken Dunn did that that night. And uh, when we lost with Dayton, a guy did that for Idaho. And those are moments you remember. For sure. Yeah. I'd say, but overall, like I, you know, I love going to Omeyer. I love playing there. I love living there. Um, for, for me, like anybody can Carter, you know, a few years older than me, whatever, like anybody that went to play junior B, like they were going to one sound or list. Well, like nobody went anywhere else really. Um, then kind of Durham had a tier two team or, or Metro league team. Some guys went there, but like, I think it was good for me to kind of get away from all that, um, go somewhere different. And, uh, force you to grow up a little, a little bit quicker, maybe. And, uh, like I will say like first month or two is rough. Like it's rough moving away from home when, you know, at that age and, um, not knowing, I didn't didn't know a single person. I went there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I I don't know what that's like because I, I never (laughs) had to do that. Right. So that would be, yeah. So, but I mean, I, I mean, it's an hour and a half away from home. It's not like it was across the country, but um so it was good uh still saw it. my parents are there they're there pretty much every weekend uh whether a real game or a home game and uh uh they you know so so it was a lot of fun elmire's a great junior town they support her really well uh I've, I've been back to the new arena once i think when they open maybe when they open or whatever i went back but like i miss that old rink it's not the same it's not the same without it no definitely not that was a great uh rank i think we've spent enough time on this though because we got a lot of stuff to get into no it's all good (laughs) because we got like a lot of other stuff to get into but we were we did want to mention right that elmire was supposed to have a big reunion this year and due to covid they can't have it but me and you were both part of it and uh it's too bad we can't have that so elmira will be there whenever it's going down right barrett yep for sure all right so next up because I saw a couple articles today and like, oh, hold on. Before we get into this, I mentioned in the opening, you were born with a club foot, right? So when we, when I start pumping your tires here, which I've never done because usually I'm battling with you and I'm going to be nicer to you today than I ever will be again. Okay. So we're not, 
like get you were born with a club foot and from what i understood was you had to go straight into a cast right so that it just didn't grow as big as the other ankle but like in professional hockey hockey players you know they have a strange sense of humor and like i know you've had nicknames i believe one was clubber for clubber lang um and also one was terry for terry fox like hockey players have a strange sense of humor but can you explain because your resume is very impressive but how like <clears throat> what that's about and how challenges <laughs> came with um yeah i mean i guess i only kind of know what i've been told by my by my parents i guess but yeah i'm born with a club foot and I guess I had surgery probably the day I was born or the next day or next couple of days. And, uh, on that, and then I was in a cast, I, I think for close to a year, maybe, maybe longer, something around that. And, um, you know, kind of obviously you do a lot of growing when you're a newborn. Right. So, um, like, you know, I, to this day, my one leg is from, from my knee down or whatever, from my, uh, calf down is like noticeably skinnier than my other leg. Uh, I, I mean, as a kid, I mean, I mean, just like any other, I mean, it's like any other kid, you know, you don't know any, any different. Right. So I was, I don't know. I was fun. I, I just, you know, <laughs> that's probably an explanation of why I was such a slow skater. I don't know, or whatever, but, um, I just did what every other kid did. So, well, so, okay. So I would say you're, when you do to have a stride, there may be a little hitch in your giddy up, you know, but you got around good enough that let's explain the next part. After you leave the sugar Kings, um, you go to the Niagara purple Eagles and I went down with the sugar Kings, watched you play and um, you were starting to hit your stride with Niagara. Then I went there with Western Michigan to play against you and it was like you ran the arena. Um, you were the captain, <laughs> the coach. Um, I believe the goalies were asking for instructions as well. It was bizarre to see how it had changed in a year or two when I went back there as a player. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wasn't like a big recruit, obviously, right? Talked to a few teams, went down, visited there, kind of, I don't know. I didn't have, it's not like I had a lot of options to go anywhere else. So it worked out, worked out. I read him, you know, honestly, if I would have went to, you know, maybe a more high profile program, maybe I don't get the opportunities that I get there, obviously. So uh, I think it worked out and was able to take advantage of it, do really well, has some success. And I had my niece, I had knee surgery the first year. I got hurt kind of the second half of that first year and, uh, but felt pretty good about that first year and uh, came back and, uh, second year kind of got you know moved up on a line with joe talari who played for strafford uh against us and um man like we we clicked we connected so uh you know that year he was i mean he had over 50 points that year i think you know mid 40s and points and you know beyond what i what i ever ever dreamed of like i was just you know, I was just going there hoping like I, I could crack the lineup and, you know, be a, be a contributor for, for my four years there. Right. So, um, and then it kind of just kept going. So, uh, so I think, you know, like not to pump anybody's tires, but Joe, who is, you know, a guy I haven't, you know, been in touch with in a long time in a lot of years, you know, but, um, you know, he was a guy that I think kind of, you know, led the way there. And I don't know, I, 
you know, I certainly would have had success there without, without him kind of, kind of doing what he was doing. So, um, you know, he's a guy, he, I mean, he a little bit in American league, mostly East HL or played in Europe a little bit, but, uh, um, you know, he was, he was, a, he was an awesome college player. Um, well, who you play with and finding the right fit is so huge in uh, how things go and you, how your season goes. And yeah, when you find the right fit with a guy, it, it, uh, it feels great. So I know exactly what you're talking about, but um, I know you're trying to say Joe did a lot of stuff and, that's nice. That's, that's what a nice guy would say. That's great. Um, but I like, cause I had to read an article or two to see what Barrett all got up to. Cause I re- thought I remembered Niagara university having a night for you. Um, so I believe you've been inducted into like their hall of fame or whatever it's called. And also there was a thing that you were nominated as the very best hockey player to ever play for the Niagara purple Eagles. And like, that's an NCAA division one program. That's quite the honor and that you're in their hall of fame. I mean, it obviously says a lot about, uh, I guess the mutual feeling between you and the purple Eagles and the, the whole school and organization. Eh? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I guess it was, I mean, all that stuff is, it's all like, it's awesome. Like it's, um, it was awesome to go back there with, uh, you know, with my, you know, my wife and, you know, parents and stuff and, uh, go through that hall of fame stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, when your playing career is done, uh, you know, still like be recognized, look back on stuff like that is, is a huge honor. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Loved it. Loved my time there. Um, really enjoyed it. A lot of great people, great relationship with the coaches there at the time. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was kind of, I mean, ups and downs, like, you know, we, uh, we had a decent team some years went the NCAA, won the, won our conference, went the NCAA tournament my junior year. And, uh, you know, that, you know, that was kind of the, that was kind of the highlight for us. And, um, you know, there's not Niagara's a, it's all we, every sport there is division one, but it's a small school. Right. So like, I know I've talked to some, you know, over the years, like, oh yeah, yeah. They were in March madness, like 16 C like lost by like 50. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, like there's not a, like, it's not like a, this super successful, like big time, like athletic program. So, um, you know, for, you know, for teams to make the NCAA tournament, you know, it's a, pretty big deal there um so that was awesome it, you know same thing it's it's kind of uh you know certainly a memory that you know you always have and a season that was, you know like you know for us we're playing you know like so, some of the stuff like you're playing in finley ohio and you know the middle of january and uh you know like that's a long way from uh the ncaa tournament against you know Benny is coming down and the, you know, going top shelf and running the score up on you guys. So, um, no, I think we lost five, two in the tournament, but we're all right. So, um, so it was good. Loved it. Awesome. Great school, great program. Um, they've kind of, they got a new coach there. Seems great. Haven't met him, but trying to work in the way back, they had a few rough years and, um, 
you know, we'll see when kind of all this whole pandemic stuff, you know, gets back to normal. See, see where they're at. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw Western Michigan's playing, but I really, it's hard to stay in contact with everything, you know, when you play on a bunch of teams and a d- bunch of leagues, it's hard to pay, to keep track of everything. But, um, what I wanted to talk about next is, so you were the CHA player of the year. Your team wins the championship. Um, so you probably, and that's after not being a big recruit. So like in my opinion and hockey players is there are people improving at different rates and every kid slows down and how fast they're getting better based on their age and all that. What it's different for every kid, right? But you're obviously improving at a drastic rate from being a small time recruit to being the player of the year and winning the championship and the, being the captain of the team, you don't get a chance to sign anywhere. You can't get out of there and, or like you don't want to, or like, how does, how do you end up having that good of a year and then not getting any professional looks? Is it your ankle? Is it, is it the ankle? Is that, are they still judging you? <laughs> No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, for what? Like, I wasn't a big guy. I wasn't a strong guy. I wasn't a fast guy. Um, you know, you know, you're that's just like the most competitive little bugger around. But it was, so it was funny. So like, I remember the first that first year I went to Niagara, and like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, like, pretty good last year in Elmira. Won the championship. Like, you know here we go. Like, you know, whatever, get in the lineup. We'll see how things go. And, and I remember like, you do, you know, they have the captain's prize and the stuff where I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, look at how good these guys are. <laughs> like, look at how big and strong these guys are. Look how fast some of these guys are. Like, look at the hands on some of these guys. I'm like, like I'm screwed. Like I'm lucky to be on this team. Like, can I even get in this lineup this year? Like, like, I thought it was, I thought I was way out of my league, way out of my league um and whatever the real practices started the first weekend came i was like the, on the fourth line and and uh um whatever like you know didn't play that much on the friday night and then on saturday i guess the second line center didn't play very good either because i was now the second line center game two of the season and it was kind of like oh whatever i didn't think i really did much last night but um and and it's we had a good night and it stuck. And I played on that, you know, as a second line center for the rest of the season. So funny, kind of funny story is um, the guy that was a second line center, who was a second line, played on that line the whole year before. He was a senior on the team. His name was Tom Clayton. And I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Clayton. Um, he's from uh, like Binghamton, New York. And he was actually made us a little bit more awkward, but he was, his stall was right next to mine in the room. So he was immediately like pissed at me. Like it was my fault. Like I took his, his spot in the line. Right. Didn't want to even give me the time of day, like whatever. So uh, for a few weeks anyways. And uh, so he ended up like, he got a little bit out of control. He got kicked off the team, but around Christmas time, did some dumb stuff. And, uh, and he ended up going to play in the U-Haul the rest of the year. But um if what is that show it's not the fifth estate is it is that i think that's canadian show it's something like that 
in the U.S. But uh, so it came out. So anyways, I would see him. I would run into him because when I was playing in, in Cincinnati, Elmira played in the coast there for a few years. So I would I ran into him a couple of times and when I was in Elmira and uh, he wasn't playing anymore. But, you know, we got along fine. Always stop by and say hi. And uh, so a few years later, whatever, uh, he got charged for murder. You didn't know this? I wasn't keeping track of the purple eagle. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's very sorry. Well, he, uh, I, I, he I, I, the, it was a murder for hire plot. He he uh, um, he he hired like a guy that worked for him to to murder his wife, and yeah, not to get too graphic here, but yeah, so he's locked up. So, and uh, this was the guy you took his second line job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Geez, that could have gone wrong for you. That, yeah, he's a little bit of a loose cannon, apparently. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want his ice time. <laughs> no, no, you good. You're good. You take the blue jersey this practice. So, how did we get? Oh, geez. Okay. So, you're on the second line. So, but then, what about like pro? Like, what were the what? What happened? Um. Oh, so my last ball. So when I was a senior, then. Uh, so that guy didn't try to kill you. Right. No, but did. you're on the second line. You're, you're doing better. But then you start playing with Joe Talari. Was that your sophomore, junior year? Yeah. My sophomore year, we had a guy who our first line center was Hadi Karu, a guy from Finland. And he was, uh, he was kind of going the other way in his hockey career, but it's really talented. You know, those like kind of those, those Scandinavian guys are like <laughs> built like an ox. Like they're just thick and dense and strong. Like you can't move them. Like that was him. Um, but as the year kind of a couple years went on, he would have been a junior then he's a year ahead of me. And he got, came back like really out of shape and kind of not too motivated. And, uh, and I kind of moved up to the first line and, and we kind of ran with it. So, um, so yeah, so when I, when I finished on my senior year, um, not a whole lot of, you know, like, you know, a lot of guys will go play and, um, go play those last, you know, 10, 15 games a season or whatever. Right. So, um, not a whole lot of interest. Um, and I ended up going to, uh, going to Rochester for a little bit. Um, and, uh, like they were, they were the best team in the league. They were first place overall. Um, and that was the year of the lockout too. So that was, so that was, that was part, that was a probably a big part. That was the year of the lockout, you know, every, you know, teams were, packed full of guys right there wasn't a whole lot of you know spots uh open right so um but anyways went there and like uh trying to think like like ryan miller was in net and like uh vanek was there Derek roy Bowmanville, like they were they were the sabers had a young team and like really good prospects and they were all in rochester right and they had a great team they were really really good so uh went there and didn't last long and uh cut down on the playoff roster or whatever. And I was, I went back to school and, um, and then I'm trying to think what, uh, I guess then I signed with, uh, yeah, could not, not a interest, but like every coast team wanted to sign me. So like, <laughs> right. So, um, so I ended up, uh, I ended up signing with, uh, Mississippi, Biloxi, Mississippi. And I thought this is great go down south, take the golf clubs, like the warm weather, bring straight across the road from the beach. This is, you know, this is going to be awesome. And uh, 
And so then that's uh, Hurricane Katrina came through about a month before the season started. Wiped out everything. So destroyed the town, destroyed the arena. Um, so the season's canceled. We don't, we don't have a team anymore. So um, same thing. I think that was the Beaumont, Texas team too. They, they canceled their season. So they're right there. You got another 40 guys scrambling, looking for somewhere to play. And um, I ended up signing in Toledo, who was like, really really wanted to sign me uh at the summer so and i went there went to went to toledo and training camp and it was like <clears throat> like hey guy like i don't i don't think i'm really fitting in the lineup here like same as like some of the other guys I'm like oh what are you talking about I'm like i don't know i don't really feel like uh, this is gonna work out for me like i thought it was doing fine had a couple goals in the preseason games and and uh sure enough couple of days before the season started, like, oh, well, we're trading you. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so got traded to Utah. And at that point, I'm like, I'm like, screw this. Like, I just, like, I'm ready to, like, you know, you know, no matter what, I, I don't know. Like, you just get, it's tough some of those situations, right? You get stuff and, you know, thoughts in your head. And you're like, is this even worth it? Like, what am I doing? Uh, right? I haven't even, you know, started a full season yet. And I'm already, like, you know, packing stuff up and flying across the country, you know, like, so, uh, so I went to Utah and, um, it was all right. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> I'm not going to say it was amazing. There's some good things about it. Uh, our season started out all right. Our team, it ended terribly. We got swept in the first round of playoffs, kind of, we had a decent group of guys, but, uh, you know, I love playing out West. We flew everywhere great road trips like we went to Ve you know there's teams in vegas san diego um anchorage victoria had a team then boise like phoenix there was great road trips i love that part of it um so we uh, we had a really good team we were like at the start we were in the first place in the league for maybe the first five six weeks of the season and uh <clears throat> and then we went on a road trip to victoria and you know, a lot of the guys, we had a lot of the guys from like a few guys from BC, Western Canada and stuff. So like they're, you know, they had some family in town and, and I think I want to say it was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think we lost Friday and Saturday coaches weren't happy. And then we played Sunday afternoon and uh, we, we ended up winning. I think we won in overtime. So, uh, so we got a, like a flight, like to get from like Salt Lake city to Victoria, BC, like we flew, like flew to Seattle, took a bus across the border then took the ferry across to the island. You know, like it's it's like it's a joke. It's like the long. It's worse than going to Alaska. It's the worst travel day. So, uh, so we've got like it's four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. We we're getting on. We have a flight out of Seattle next morning. We got like we're gonna be on like the first ferry out Monday morning. <clears throat> so, our coach is like, okay, whatever. Like, guys, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, let's every. And he wasn't a guy to give a lot of curfews or anything. He's like, let's have a curfew tonight, 12 o'clock, midnight curfew. We got to, like, we got to be on the bus at like five or five 30. Right. So, uh, so whatever we all, you know, we're, we're the whole team, you know, pretty much the whole team is out and, uh, we're all this one barn. Victoria's like this, uh, if anybody hasn't been there, it's like this, there's a big Harbor comes in and like, you know, like hotels on one side of the Harbor, like downtown, like bars and stuff on the other side of the Harbor. So uh, like too far just to like walk back in like five, 10 minutes. And uh, we're all having a good time. I'm kind of like, I'm like looking at that time, like guys, like 
said a couple like, hey guys, like it's like eleven thirty. Like, what do we, you know, let's get, you know, round round the boys up. Let's get going here, right? They're like, no, oh, no, no, we're fine, we're fine. I'm like, so finally, like, I'm like, all right, like, whatever. I don't, I'm not the most responsible guy, I don't think. So, so I'm a rookie on the team, right? But it's midnight. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go out and get a cab. I'm heading back. So I get in the cab by myself. I head back. There had been 15 guys still out there. And I uh, go back to the hotel and I walk into the hotel and like, here's the two coaches sitting there like, you know, like, all right, this curfew, you know, I just 10 minutes later or something, go out to my room or whatever. Well, so I'm feeling like pretty down. Right. <clears throat> and uh, so I get up the next morning, we get on the bus and like every, the coaches sat there and they watched every guy walk in. They said like, there was like, they said every five or 10 minutes, one or two guys would walk in the hotel. Right. So, so the whole team just kind of, you know, busted for curfew and the coaches, coaches pissed. I don't know if he's more pissed that we missed curfew or more pissed that we, you know, lost, you know, two out of three games to Victoria. It was like the last place team. So we're flying back and he's, you know, the coach is not even really around here. He's doing his own thing. Anytime you see him, he's on the phone. We're like, Oh, he's trading somebody. You know, he's trading somebody. So, we land in Utah. This is a long story. We land in Utah. It's not that good. Uh, we land in Utah and uh, just go with it, man. And guys are like, you know, you get, you know, you get off, you know, the plane lands, you turn your phone on, right? This is flip phone days. And, you know, guys got a voicemail. He listens to his voicemail. He's like, oh, he's like, my buddy that plays for Augusta just left, left me a voicemail. He's like, three guys, three other guys got traded to our team. <laughs> like, uh, what? Like, yeah, like, three guys got traded our team like obviously somebody's at least you know a couple guys are traded so sure enough like get back to the airport and before you even head home like two or three guys went back to augusta the other way and i wasn't one of them uh thankfully i guess maybe but uh and then kind of then like we just like our season went downhill from there like the one guy we traded for uh had played in Augusta the year before and like, you know, like in the South, it's all bus trips, obviously. Right. Well, this guy, he got hurt. We had some home games then, and then he got hurt. And then we had a few more, you know, a few more home games. He missed like the one road trip. And then he goes to, uh, we go, we're flying, we're flying to like, you know, California or whatever to play. And, uh, you know, we're walking the airport and he's like, man, like, I don't like flying. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like lots of people say that. Right. And it's like, it's like, no, I, I really don't like flying. And I'm like, okay, well, it's like you're a grown up, like you'll be fine. Just get on the plane. Stop, you know, stop. Playing. So <clears throat> we're heading to the gate. He's like, Hey, I got to run to the bathroom. Like, can you just, you know, grab my, you know, head of, I don't know, a backpack or computer bag or something like that. He's like, can you take it? So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Me there. We never showed up. So the plane's loaded, and I'm always like, uh, "Hey, I'll wait till the very end." You know, last guy in the plane, just going and sit, right? Well, I'm waiting for him, waiting for him. He's not showing up. I'm like calling him, texting him. He's not showing up. Our whole, our rest of our team is on the plane. It's just me, the ticket agent, and like saying, and the lady's like, "Are you getting on the plane?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, but you know, my buddy, I'm waiting for him. Like, he's not answering his phone. Like, so I was able to get like one of the coaches to come off." This guy had locked himself in the bathroom stall and refused to come out. Because he wouldn't come out. Want to fly, and he's a hockey player. Wouldn't come out. <laughs> wouldn't come out. <laughs> they couldn't get him out of there. So I said, "Hey, like, whatever. I'm getting on the plane." And meanwhile, you know, like in the coast, you get to you know January, February, and 
you know, like there's any NHL injuries and call-ups, AHL injuries and call-ups, coast injuries and call-ups. Like, I think we only, like, we only were going to, like, we were going on a California road trip with like four defensemen as what? He was one of them. So, uh, so I get on the plane, the other the head coach is like, where is he? And like, uh, he's locked in the bathroom cell. Like, he's not coming. He's like, you're kidding me. I'm like, no, like, he's not coming on the plane. Uh, so whatever. So he got it. So finally, he's like, all right, not coming on the plane. He went back to the apartments, got in his car and drove. Because you always, you know, you're flying a day early, right? So it might have been a, you know, it might have been a Thursday, you know, early in the day. He got in his car and drove. He got to, I think we were playing Stockton or Fresno or Bakersfield. He got there um, like an hour before the game on Friday night, drove, you know, drove as fast as he could to get there. So we played like Friday, Saturday, and then maybe like a Monday, Tuesday game. And then uh, like, he's got to drive home. Right. So we're all hopping on the plane or flying home because we played, I was like, I think we played like Tuesday there. And then we had like a home, we had like a home game of, the Thursday, but so like this guy's hockey career must be over after that because you you have well, to be able to fly to be a yeah. professional hockey player. Well, especially you're in a division where it's all flights. So he got back like same thing. He drove back to like a snowstorm. Like had to drive through the mountains in a snowstorm. Got back like literally as we're at the rink for the like Thursday home game, and he played that weekend and then he quit. That was it. Never yeah. saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never saw anything like it. Like he was terrified. Like, um, that that wouldn't. Yeah, that it's tough to find so, that out when you try yeah. to be a pro hockey player. So, my last uh, my last Utah story. And I'll keep this short. So, when I was out there, I don't know if the guys had this in Dayton or anywhere else you played, and but uh, in Utah they had this. Uh, the booster club would always adopt a player. So they would adopt a player and they'd like, I don't know, like they'd like give them like little care packages once every couple of weeks or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, well, they weren't supposed to know who it was. Right. They didn't want things to get awkward. You know how like minor league fan, minor league hockey fans are as much as you need them. They're a different breed. Right. Like, you know, there's a lot of really great people and a lot of really normal people, but every team and every, every city, has like some crazy some crazy fans crazy is maybe not the right word but uh whatever like they're nuts and they just like i don't know so you thought crazy you thought crazy was bad so that you called them so they're like okay well you can adopt a, <laughs> yeah you can adopt a player but like you're not going to know who it is you just bring your your care package to the team office we'll get it to the player right they're, you're not interacting with them. you know what i actually think that the date Tona Beach Bombers in Dayton, Ohio. They actually had that. And I think you're right. I think the booster club where they, they were allowed to give you like gifts, right? Like presents, right? They could give you oh, yeah. a care package, but it. you couldn't it. find out who gave it to you. So, so while the lady who adopted me, <laughs> and I'll use the word lady, she, I didn't know. She somehow found out or requested me. I don't know. Uh, but the first time I met her was at, you know, we had like a Christmas, Christmas dinner, right? The team in the booster club put on this Christmas meal for us. And she's at my table. Like, uh, like, I don't even know if she's like my booster at this point. Right. 
So I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm trying to be nice and respectful and you know, represent the team, right? She's like, oh, talk me up, like, oh, like, you know, do you, how do you like it here? You know, have you been up to Park City yet? And I was like, oh yeah, I've been up there. Like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's really nice. Well, anytime you want to go, I would love to take you up there. I think she's just being nice, right? And I'm like, oh, thanks, right? Like, uh, probably not, but I'm not gonna be like, you know, like beat it. So uh, well, from there, somehow this turned into uh, basically what I would call a stalker. She was stalking me. Um, anytime, like there was like a little event or anything, like oh, there's gonna be a couple of the Grizzlies at uh, this pizza place Monday night. Like she was there because she thought I was gonna be there. Um, and then like the coaches show, the coaches radio show, like she'd always be there, hoping like I'd be there running into. <clears throat> so we come out after the game. We had a like they treated us well there. We had a nice restaurant upstairs, um, beautiful rink. They always had a meal every game for it after every game of there for us. So we go up, go up the elevator and like, I walk out the elevator and there she is waiting, waiting for me. Like, I'm like, uh, hi, like, this is getting kind of awkward, right? Like when I say lady, like I'm 24 at the time, 24, 25, I don't know. She's like 54, <laughs> you know, like, so, um, so, so you, so you could resist, you were able to? Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, I was able to control myself. Uh, so I got to the, it was, it was awkward. So I'm like, like, you know, the whole team's joking about it. Like they they think it's hilarious, obviously. Right. And, uh, you know, so like one of the events, one of the nights, like there was a couple of guys or something and, and uh, she showed up there, maybe been like the coaches radio show. She showed up there and they're like, they're like, and they just like, just fuel the fire. They're like, yeah, no, Barrett's just really shy. Like he really likes you, you know, like, I'm like you guys like you guys are such assholes like why would you why would you say this to her so from then it just took off even more like I'm having like like she was showing up at the rink at, at on a day it's not even a game day just it was at a practice and she'd sit there like I can just feel her like staring like watching me the entire time through that practice so then the coach even like thought it was hilarious he got into it. so you know he'd blow the whistle you know the coach blows the whistle every comes over so he'd go right in front of where she was sitting, blow the whistle, and like everybody have to come over there, and like he'd just sit there and laugh, and like wouldn't even say anything. Like it, it, so it got so bad. So finally, I actually had to go to one of the one of the people in the front office and say like, hey, like I know everyone here is having a good chuckle about this, but like this is getting pretty uncomfortable for me. Like I'd have to like pre like anytime I would see her, I would just pull my phone out and pretend I was talking to my phone to someone, which I wasn't. I just had to somehow get past her and. Like everywhere I go, like this lady just kept showing up and showing up. So thankfully, uh, I did not go back to Utah for a second season um, and ended up because actually because I signed in Mississippi, they had declared us all free agents that year. So they couldn't protect us. We could we were free to go anywhere we wanted. But, uh, uh, well, that, that, that's, that... A lot, that's a lot of Utah information for such a small snippet of my career. You, you know what? When you have a stalker, it... Uh... It really sits with you. I never had a stalker, but what I had was in Germany. Um, I was not on Facebook. I don't really like social media. That's probably why I suck at getting this podcast out there because I really don't enjoy it that much, but I know I got to do it. And I got the wife trying to help me and a couple others, but like um, I lost my train of thought there, but um, in Germany, 
a guy made a, or I, I don't know who it was, but made a Facebook account of me. Cause I didn't have Facebook. Um, so they made a <laughs> Facebook account and they were me and they had all my hockey pictures up there and they were requesting to be friends with like every guy across the league and I'm playing games against other teams and got like, this was, I guess when I was in Denmark was when it really got out of hand. Cause I wasn't even in Germany anymore. And this guy had been doing it, I guess for two years. And at that point I got to Denmark and then Danish guys were like, what's this dude's problem? And I don't know him. Why is he trying to be my friend? And I'm like, I ain't your friend. I'm trying <laughs> to be your friend. And uh, yeah, so I get it. And that stuff sticks with you. So, okay, we got to move on though, even if it creeps you out still. Um, we got to get into Cincinnati because you're um, – an ECHL all decade team player. And I don't think that's from your time with the Utah Grizzlies and, uh, and your favorite fan. Yeah, I think that's uh so yeah, that was, that was a the fan voted thing. And like, I think there was certainly some recency bias on that. Cause we won the Kelly cup in 2008 and 2010. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was kind of shocked when that came out, but um, I don't know. I guess you kick around, you kick around one place enough. I don't, I don't know who rallied all the votes, but it wasn't me. Um, well, when I was looking at your elite prospects, cause I, 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 I could have sworn and I, I, I didn't have time, uh, but I could have sworn Carl Hudson played with you at a point. Um, I feel like you guys know each other. Yes. I thought we talked about this when I knew Carl or when we were hanging out and. Uh... <clears throat> so you want to, you want to. I just want to Carl. Carl I, 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 I just want one. I know, you know, we've been getting carried away here and we should get into winning championships and whatnot, but like Carl's a dear friend of mine. And at one point when we were in Cardiff, this was before their beautiful children was that um, they were talking about moving to Alaska and living off the land once he was done hockey. He's a pretty, he's a simple, simple man. Yeah. So simple, but complex. Ones, but uh, um, I won't tell the one where he almost fought the coach outside the bar, um, but I will, I'll tell them. <laughs> That'll be for that'll be for my next when you bring me on in a few years for my next episode. Um, so Carl was he was a rookie, right? Uh, gets sent down from Rochester, like you know, thought like he should be, you know, having a you know, kind of lighten it up in Cincinnati, want to get back to Rochester. Yeah. So he uh, he's not having a good season, right? Like, bit of a rough go. Like things aren't going well. Not putting out. He's an offensive defensive, right? Not putting up points. Not playing a lot. Coaches on him, and. Uh, having a bit of a tough go. Um, so the Carl loves to like, you know, like kind of gets in when he gets into the, gets into the whiskey, he can turn pretty quick. And uh, so we had, it was like a Wednesday night. We had like a Wednesday night game. We'd always like over across the river, there's a bar that like have us over. They just, just like a little promo thing, try and get some fans to come after. They give us a meal after the game. And, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on the night guys, would you know, there'd always be a group of guys that would, you know, 
stay out for the night or whatever. So we had practice the next day. Carl gets into it that night with some of the other guys and, uh, and they get a cab home responsible. Right. Come down to the rink, practice the next day. No big deal. After practice, he's like, Hey, you know, can somebody give me a, give me a lift over to, uh, you know, to the bar or whatever. I'll grab my car. I left it there last night. Somebody drives him over and he's like, they're like, okay, like, you know, where'd you park? He's like, oh, you know, I parked, uh, parked there in the parking lot outside. There, there's not, there's no cars. There's no cars in the parking lot. So he's like, whatever, like, you know, you think like, okay, maybe he got towed or something, right? Like, so, you know, towing company doesn't have his car. So he's like, what the hell, right? So, and meanwhile, Carl is like, he's still like, he's got his passport in there in his glove compartment. He's got, which has his visa, right? They staple it in your passport. He's got his, like, he's still working on, like, no direct deposit. So he's got, like, paper checks from Rochester, like, paychecks. And uh, so <laughs> all this is gone. So finally, can't find his car. Can't find his car. So toy company, nobody says. Calls the police, files, like, files a police report, like, stolen car. And they're like, hey, like, you got to, you better be sure, like, this is stolen. Like, you can get in, you know, a lot of trouble, you, you know, making this up or whatever he's like no i can't like somebody had to steal it it's gone so uh so then he's like and this is only you know maybe a month before christmas break we had a decent christmas break he was going to go home had to fly home right uh so he's like oh i got i got to get a passport i gotta get a passport i already have a flight booked and so uh so he's telling this whole story and and so he's like oh tells the coach like ask the coach he's like hey like i need to go i need to like drive up to windsor cross the border Detroit into Windsor, go to get a, uh, you know, a expedited passport in a day and, uh, and come back. It's the only way I can get this passport. So the coach is like, all right, whatever. So borrow someone's car <clears throat> and at, gets a day off. Coach gives him a day off practice and he goes up, drives up there and like typical, like Carl like moves like <laughs> He goes all the way out there. It's like a four-hour drive, four and a half hour drive, probably. Gets there and didn't have like one of the documents or one of the piece of identification that he needed. So wasted the whole entire day going there. Comes back, then had to actually get all the paperwork and everything that he needed, had to take another day off practice and then can go up there again. Gets this passport, comes back. So he's all set now, gets his new passport, has his updated views, everything, right? So he's all good. And we're like, like literally like within like 48 hours he gets a phone call from the police where's like, the car hey we found your car he's like oh really he's like yeah it's parked on the indoor parking garage uh right by the bar that you're at it's been sitting there for like three weeks he forgot all that he parked in indoors instead of outdoors forgot where he forgot where like the parking lot that he parked in and it was sitting there the entire time carl so that's cop that's no, that's ah oh man. What yeah, he's he was a great teammate. What great guy. Um okay. So you guys won it a couple times. I looked at uh I guess yeah, I don't know how long we've been going. We've been going a while. Um but I I guess was there like you won twice in Cincinnati. Um I saw the one year you had Deharnay who had like twice as many points as everybody else. And then the other year wasn't the same, but like when you say you shouldn't have been on the ECHL, 
all time team or whatever. Like I know that sucks to be on because you should have been called up. And like, for me of all the guys, and that I, this is the, the only time I'm ever going to pump your tires like this. I will never say another thing like this to you ever again, because the next time we'll hang out, we'll be playing cards or something and I'll be, it'll be go time. But if of all the players I've played with in my career, if I were a GM and I were picking a team, you would be the captain. So well, you, thank you. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> never say anything like that to you ever again, but because it's a podcast, I'm trying to be nice to your wife and kids and we're not playing a game right now. We're not competing. I'll say that. So um, that's, I, I did have that on there, but like you won twice in the coast, you were the captain of the team um, I know when I was with the Dayton Bombers, we stormed back and won a series against you um, down three games to one. And then when I was recapping your career, it looks like that spurred you on. But the other thing is, is that East Coast decade thing, like when you look at the Cincinnati teams, the same as the Dayton Bomber teams, and the Toledo Storm teams and all the other East Coast teams, they're different people every year, except for Barrett Eggett's in Cincinnati being the captain and being the man and them winning championships. So I think it's deserved. So, yeah, talk about all that, whatever I just said. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, well, I mean, that was my intention was never to – I never wanted to be in the coast for a long time, right? Like, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll do it for one or two years. If I can't move up, like, I'll, I'll go to Europe and play. Like, I'm not going to – I didn't want to – I didn't want to be the guy that, you know, played in, you know, some of these places for 10 years, you know. Um, <laughs> I couldn't make it that long. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, that was – you know, that was never my intention. And, and uh, so, yeah, the first year in Cincinnati – yeah, you guys, I mean, you guys were just better than us, honestly. Like, our team was, like, we should never, like, we weren't that good. Um, so, uh, so whatever. So, but but the second year, our team, like, and the, the thing is, I, you, know, you probably remember this playing in Cincinnati. Big building. No fans. Nobody there. Like, we would play on a weekday, and there'd be 500 people there. And we're like, and that was our first year back. The team had taken a few years off. That was our first year back. And we're like, oh, man, like. We like, we, you know, we like playing here. We like the city. The organization treats us well. Like we had a decent team. Like, you know, like it's not, it's a good place to play, but like there's nobody coming to the games. Like we're like, we were dead last in league in attendance. We thought we're, this is shutting down again. And, uh, and they're like, oh no, we're coming back for another year. And I was like, okay, well I'm in, you know, I enjoyed it. Like I'll come back another year. And, and uh, we came back and we, we were affiliated with uh, Hamilton, Montreal and Hamilton, right? And then, and then that second that that second year too, I think we had a we were affiliated with Milwaukee and Nashville too. So we got a lot of guys sent down, some really good players, and but it's kind of a kind of rolling the dice, right? Like I over the years, like for every good player that you get sent down to you, you get some garbage player who can't even play in the third line of the coast, right? Um, they just and. and you know, the NHL and the HL teams know it. That's why they're down there. They don't have any interest in the guy. They don't want them. Uh, every team makes mistakes. And um, so we got, we got, yeah, Deharnay was 
he was the MVP that year. He's the leading scorer. He's the rookie of the year. And he was awesome. And, but he wasn't that whole team. We had a ton of guys that uh, were kind of up and down or sent down and like had really good years. We had really good goaltending. Uh, we didn't have a weakness. So we had a great team. Um, like we, I think we were one point away from setting the league record, most points in the season, going to the last game of the season against Trenton, who was not even in the playoffs. And uh, both our goalies were called up. We had some other guy filling in and we ended up, we lost that night uh, to set the record. Still finished first overall in the league. Uh, I think we set the record. I think we had an 18 game winning streak, which set the league record during the season. Um, we we all, It was awesome. But that being said, like the regular season and the coast and the playoffs can be different. You know, other teams get guys sent down, get guys back, whatever, get guys healthy. And um, I think we swept Johnstown first round. The second round, we played Reading. And like we were down three games to two, ended up winning game seven. And, uh, you know, they had a great team too, but uh, went on, beat South Carolina and then played Vegas in the finals and uh, beat them in six games. And, and as that season went on, as we were good, like Cincinnati, I always say, like, especially living there afterwards, like it's like got to be the worst sports town in, in America. Uh, like, <clears throat> you know, they don't support their teams that well unless they're, winning like if they're not winning like they could care less uh, all of a sudden we started getting good that year and all of a sudden fans started to come and even during the regular season like we had some big crowds and you know our attendance got a lot better and and uh, that night we beat, beat Vegas in the finals that place was it was packed it was sold out um, like it was kind of crazy to see um, and there would have been you know I don't know seven or eight of us that started the year started the year before that made it through through uh, two full seasons of it and kind of see where we came from with like, you know, 500 fans in a building on a Tuesday night in a 15,000 seat arena to, you know, that place, everybody, 15,000 people on their feet screaming is for the last minute of the game as, as we won the championship was, was pretty awesome to, to go through from start to finish on that. But um, <clears throat> we were the best team. We were the most talented team. Um, we were great from start to finish that whole year. Um, the second championship we won, we were not the most talented team. We were not the best team. Uh, I think we finished, I think we were the, the, the five seed in the, in the North. Well, I was the, I guess the North and South was all one conference, right? So that year, so we were like the number five seed, um, had a good team obviously, but like, I don't think we were like, Hey, like this is our year guys. Like we're going to win. And they all like, uh, we play South Carolina in the first round of playoffs. It was a best of five and we played games three, four, and five in South Carolina, uh, three games and three nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all three went to overtime. We won Friday night. We lost Saturday night in overtime and we won Sunday night in overtime. I got the overtime winning goals, probably like the biggest goal, uh, at the time of my career probably. And, uh, and we were kind of off and on to the second round. Then we were playing Charlotte, who was the number one seed. Really good, really good team. Um, and uh, we ended up beating them in seven games. <clears throat> and then, uh, so knocked them off. And then, then we played Reading. And Reading was like the seventh seed, I want to say. Um, but they had pulled a couple upsets. And uh, um, their goalie was uh, Dalton played uh he's from like clinton maybe clinton or c4 oh, the one that plays over in asia now 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That was in the Olympics for Korea. He was the Korea's goalie, right? Yeah, I got yeah, a I got a I got a buddy from New Hampshire <clears throat> that's six four and blonde and plays for South Korea in the Olympics. Brock Rudunsky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the name. Um. So, uh, so in Dalton, so he stunned his head. They stole. We had the first two games at home. They beat us, and we were down two nothing. We went to Reading, and they beat us again. We were down three nothing. And it was like uh, it was like a Tuesday. Then they had like Bon Jovi was in like not doing a concert, but doing like sound checks or something. The rink was tied up like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're down three nothing. We're sitting in Reading for three days, waiting, basically just waiting to be put out of the playoffs, right? <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, that Wednesday was Cinco de Mayo, so we all had to like I don't know if you, did, would you get well, you guys would you would have played in Reading, right? Like you stay at the hotel. And like, there's like, like those restaurants right there. There's a Mexican restaurant right there. You walk over. So we're all sitting. It's May, you know, it's May. The weather's nice. We're sitting on the patio, spend the afternoon drinking Mexican beers and whatever. The whole team's there. And, uh, you know, whatever. We're kind of, you know, it's, I think at that time, like, we're not like, hey, we're going to lose. But, you, you know, you're, like, you're down three nothing. It's been a, you know, long season. Like, all right, whatever. You don't have that many you know, days left. Let's, let's have some fun with each other. Right. And, uh, we show up, we had the day off and then we show up to practice the next day and our coach is pissed. He's like, uh, you know, like whatever. I know you guys were out drinking all day. I heard you got coming back to the hotel. Like won't even give us a time of day kind of thing. And, uh, so we go in and Saturday in the first the game of the Saturday, I don't know. We ended up with it doesn't, doesn't really stick in my mind very much, but on the Sunday, the Sunday night, we're beating them again by one or two goals. And there's like a line brawl at the end of the game, right? And one of my, and one of my buddies, Ryan Del Monte, like he's literally like baseball bat swinging like two-handed guy in the back of the legs. Like won't drop his gloves, just swinging the stick and uh, from like to one of their tough guys and like getting chased around the ice and, you know, going like just fire, firing everybody up. And like, uh, so anyways, they got to hop on the bus to go back to Cincinnati for game six and seven. And, and, uh, like two days later, game game six, we were down two nothing early in like the first ten minutes. Like, oh, here we go again. We got a goal <clears throat> before the end of made it two one, and then came back and we ended up winning four two or something that night. And then game seven was the very next night, and um, it was uh, offensive zone face off, and you know it was four on four. My line mate Dustin Sprout, you know we I lost the face off. He went in the corner, kind of chased the defense and down, picked it out, picked his pocket. And I just kind of yelled at him like, and he just, you know, just kind of bumped it out to me. And I just kind of whacked it towards the net, went in and that, that was it. That was the only goal all night. One nothing, the only goal, that was it. And uh, so we get out, like we're, you know, we're pumped, right? And even I guess after that Sunday night game, we kind of started thinking like, holy shit, like we can beat these, you know, this is it. We can beat these guys, right? We're going home. And uh, so we win that game seven. Obviously the room, you know, rooms, everyone's pretty happy in the room. My coach comes in and he's like, all right, boys, like this is Wednesday night, well, 11, 10, 11 o'clock. He's like, we got to, we flew to Dayton airport. It's like, we got to fly to Dayton airport tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. <clears throat> we play in Boise, Idaho on Friday night. So in Boise, they've been sitting, you know, they've been sitting there for probably a week already, uh, resting or whatever. So we literally like, go back home, grab, pack a bag, head back to the, you know, catch you know, an hour or two of sleep, get back on the bus, go to the airport. And uh, we went in and we, we won two, both games in Idaho on Friday and Saturday night. We won both games there. 
scored like the last minute or two minutes to take the lead in both games. Uh, just going on adrenaline. Like we were exhausted. We had played the Saturday, Sunday in Reading. We played Tuesday and Wednesday in Cincinnati. And we played Friday and Saturday in Boise. So uh, in eight that's days, the East we, Coast, eh? <laughs> we played six playoff games in eight days and we won all of them. And we went from being down before we were down three, nothing in the conference finals. And at the end of it, we were up two nothing in the finals going home for games three, four, and five. So we lost game three in overtime, won games four and five. And, uh, and same thing by, you know, game five, we wanted that place was packed and it was crazy. And, and that team was, we were good, but we weren't like the super talented team in 2008. We were like, just grinding it out every night. Somebody else, somebody different stepped up. Everybody contributed, you know, got timely goals scoring got really, really good goaltending um, from two different goalies. Like, it wasn't like we rode one guy the whole way, but, um, you know, and at that point, I'm one of the older guys on the team, and it was kind of, like, almost surreal after. Like, a bunch of the guys from King Carden came down that that time. I think there was, like, eight of them there in the room after, and, like, Rebecca, my wife, now is there, too. Uh, that was the summer before we got married, and uh, the year that we got married that summer, and it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like, that's the first time I won a championship where I kind of already won it. Right. Um, and not that it made it any less. It was, I was still like really happy and really excited, but I was almost like really happy and really excited for like the other guys in the team. I was really happy, really excited, like, you know, that I could have like friends there. So like they could experience that. I had my, you know, my parents there both years, but, um, you know, it's almost, you know, it was kind of, maybe it's cause I was older. Maybe it's cause I, done it before i don't know what it was but it's just like a different feeling um and honestly between the two i love being the best team but i kind of loved like being the team that nobody thought was going to win more right like um that kind of surprised everybody so no and like yeah when you look back on everything um like we keep talking about winning and that's what it's all about like when we won in elmira all of us from that team <clears throat> you could put us all back in a room together right now. And we'd all hit it off just like nothing's changed. And it'd be the same sure. with the group you had in Cincinnati, the same that I've had in the places I've been like, there is like, everybody says, you, you know, you only win the Stanley cup, like the Stanley cup is the big trophy and that's the only trophy. Well, there's a lot of other leagues in the world and there's a lot of other Stanley cups to everybody else. And like, we grew up not playing for the Stanley cup, pretending it was, but then our Stanley cup was, it ended up being like for you, the East coast. And for me, I look one in Germany and like Denmark. So like, it's still your Stanley cup. You still get to do everything that they did just because it's not the best league in the world. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think too, it's when I look back and like those memories and those, those years and whether it was in Cincinnati or in Niagara or in Elmira, like, like when I think about that, that last team in Cincinnati, it's like, well, some of my fondest memories are just sitting at the, sitting around the table at the back of the bus playing schnarps and like, having you know like you get a big you know you have a good weekend or you get a big win or you win a playoff like that night that night we won in South Carolina in overtime and like we played five ga games in six days three in overtime in three days and we we won that series like 
there was there was no like that was as good a feeling pretty much as, as winning the Kelly Cup. Like getting on that bus, you know, having some beers with the guys, playing cards, having some laughs. Like that was you know it doesn't to me like it doesn't get better than that, right? Like that's um, you know that's what I think that that's what keeps guys playing. That's what you know like you look at I look at teams where you know that team I played in Utah that you know didn't have a great finish to the season, lost, still got swept in the first round, like. All those, not all those guys played the next year. You get a lot of guys that are like, screw it. I'm going to do, I'm going to go get a real job where you, the teams that won, you look at the teams that won and, you know, outside of a, you know, a few exceptions here or there, all those guys, they had a blast. They want to come back and they want to, whether it's on that team or somewhere else, they don't, they don't want to give it up. They want to keep doing it. Right. Um, so that's, I mean, think about while well, you talk, you know, playing cribbage, playing pitcher, batter, catcher in your back, you know, your backyard or play, you know, like do it all the, the goofy stuff, whatever it was, ping pong, shuffleboard, you know, soccer before games, um, you know, whatever it was like, you know, it's, you just have a blast with your teammates over the years. And um, I always think it's crazy how, you know, you, you show up on a team and within a week, these guys that you never knew before basically become your best friends. And, you know, it lasts for whatever, six, eight, nine months, whatever it is. And then y'all kind of go your separate ways. And, you know, we did this before, you know, cell phones and, you know, FaceTime and texting and you didn't, you didn't stay in touch with all these guys, right? Like you, there's no way you could, you, even with technology, you can't, right? So, um, but like you said, when you see them, you pick up, like it was a day, you, the, the last time you saw them um like you, you build these relationships you, these friendships and uh they they literally last decades no um, it's, it's you know like, which to me i think is something unique that i don't know if, um if it's unique to hockey or what it is but there's something special there i i i couldn't agree more and that's why like the day i thought of doing this like when it, the, the thought crossed my mind and then i was like whoa like I could call all of my buddies and they, they're going to make time for me because like, this is fun. Like I have loved hearing what happened to you since our time in Elmira. And like I said about if I made a team legit, I don't give a shit what league we're in. I don't care who we're playing. You're my captain. I know I'm not the captain type. I'm more, I'm more of an assistant <laughs> captain. I like to coordinate how everybody's doing things, but you were the captain. You were the bus that drove it and still makes me sick to my stomach. I never won with Elmira the year after you left just to prove you I could do it without you. But I almost got there. But what I'd what say. Happened? You guys lost game I don't, seven, didn't you, that year? You want to talk about it? Yeah, or you well, lost them. Yeah, no, we 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 lost the game That's seven. Nat, didn't Nat get the Nat got the sunburn? Didn't he? And like lube up? Didn't he get like a sunburn the day before? And well, we're gonna have to have, We're gonna have to have him on to discuss. But no, basically, like there were a lot of it. We we ran out of steam. We weren't as deep as uh, the year before, and uh, we were not as deep. And yeah, we were freezing stuff and playing maybe when 
you grow up, you realize maybe you shouldn't be playing hockey games the way you did. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys that realize as they wake up in the morning that maybe there were some games they shouldn't have played. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But you don't care at the time. No. And I feel great about everything that I did. And like, man, so this is my last time pumping your tires. Okay. Cause this is the end of the episode. Okay. So basically we're going to run this down again. You've won two Kelly cups, CHA champion, Southern cup champion, captain of every gosh darn team you played on. You were born with a club foot. Um, you can rock old boys reunions. Um, and I'll see you in 2028. I hope sooner, but I know you'll be at the Concord Old Boys in 2028, and I hope to be there too. Uh, yeah, I'll be there for sure. Um, definitely, I never miss one of those. Uh, I think I'll be back in Concord before that. Uh, I really hope so. I really, I mean, we can get these uh, restrictions lifted like get back there sometime later this summer hopefully but i don't know we'll see um yeah like it's it's interesting that like you grew up here now i live here now that you don't and we have this much history uh i don't know if anybody around here is ever going to listen to this i saw bopper followed today so that's a good sign maybe he'll listen um (laughs) (laughs) but uh I just want to say thank you for coming on, man. And I, I won't lie to you. You shaped me. You made me better when I got to Western mission. Cause I played all those ping pong games. And like, I'm not just talking about the hockey. It's not just about hockey. Like it was just being competitive. And like my wife and I can hardly play a game of cards because she was the same way as me. And you and I was explaining like who I'm having on. I'm like, well, I think he might be more competitive than me and you. And um, that's why like me and you were always like, we were ready to go ready to battle like at, at anything all the time. Yeah, for sure. It's good though. It is good, but uh, I will never say a nice thing to you again. So this will be <laughs> the end of this. Um, and next time I'll be telling you, you suck. And I'm going to kick the shit out of you. So thanks for coming on buddy. And I'm going to hit end now to the recording. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for coming. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all Cause they got no rhythm And that's alright Some people they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive them I'm like Scott Cause I'm a girl.